Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so glad to see you here. I'm uh, Jan Goldstein, and this is All That Matters. And we're excited to have you in this podcast. Each week, we're giving 10 to 15 minutes little shots of positivity, I think, in the world as we try to reframe the experiences we have and and dive for meaning in them and rekindle meaning within ourselves. And I, once while traveling in Scotland, I, I found myself sharing a pint with a feisty elderly woman in a crowded Edinburgh pub. Have you been to Scotland? If you haven't, you got to go there sometime. She was dispensing counsel like beer to any within earshot. She didn't think much of the fact that the only part of Scotland I'd managed to see was the monument-strewn confines of its capital. Here now, the weathered Scotswoman intoned, you can't much speak a sea in Scotland, lest you've been to the hills, lad. Now, by the hills, my pub mate meant the highlands. I was informed it would be a bit of a train ride to the base and then a journey by bus a wee ways up and beyond. Catching the twinkle in her eye, I surmised this local character might just know something I didn't. So on to the hills it was the next morning. And arriving at Inverness, I caught a bus traveling with a potpourri of other tourists deep into the highlands. At some point along the way, in the middle of what appeared to be nowhere in particular, the driver pulled the bus to the side of the road. Now, rather peculiar, he insisted we get out and take a good look around. Now, had this happened in America, I might have thought the driver was camouflaging a bus problem of some sort, but hey, this was the Scottish Highlands. Maybe he was heeding the call of nature. Who knew? I disembarked. I immediately understood the need to stop. There, shrouded in a peekaboo mist, was a sight of unmitigated wonder. I mean, there were bountiful trees dancing in a glen. A gurgling stream wended its way through fern and fen. I inhaled the sweet air and let out a small gasp at the glory of this piece of earth. Unknown to me, the driver had caught my gaze and quietly sidled up to share the joy of my discovery. Whispering softly in my ear, he could have been the craggy old pint drinker who'd sent me here back in that pub. Aye, laddie, he said. Now you've seen Scotland. It gets me thinking about that experience and, oh, just how it opened me up. This experience of discovering the real soul of a place, it seems to me that's similar to to finding the real soul of a person. People may not reveal their beauty or their uniqueness on first blush. We might have to give them some time, be willing to travel a little further to truly see them. I had a friend, Leslie, who once detoured through a rather bleak part of Los Angeles known as the Nickel, Fifth Street, which is part of Skid Row. 
less than 10 blocks from City Hall, 20 from the majestic Dorothy Chandler Pavilion. It was a section of the city my friend had never entered. Like most Angelinos, if you didn't have to go there, why would you? A series of rundown storefronts at the time, peopled with panhandlers and street people. It was a bleak picture. Now caught in a traffic detour through the underbelly of the city, Leslie was simply praying the detour signs would lead her out just as fast as the lights would take her. Suddenly, her car came to a halt, and with it, her heart. The car had stalled out. Quickly, she gave it the gas, flipping the ignition. Nothing. Looking around at the depressing scene of denizens in dirty clothing hunched in boxes for housing, she redoubled her efforts. Again, no sale. The engine would not respond, and now, now she panicked. How was she going to get out of here? And then she saw him. A man in torn clothing and unkempt hair, and he was making his way out into the street and straight for her. Leslie began to hyperventilate, closing all the windows, locking every door. She looked up again. Maybe she was mistaken. Maybe the man was crossing over and would bypass her. But no such luck. The wild matted figure with the ripped overcoat was indeed but yards away from her car, only now something else came into view. He was dragging something, some long meshed bag of who knows what, and my friend's heart suddenly went into overdrive. This was it. The man was going to pull some weapon, some scrap of metal from that bag, break through the window. That would be it. Leslie heard the knock on the window, looked up from the gears where her eyes had fallen in silent prayer. She was facing this wild street person who was pointing at his bag, then back at the car. He was saying something, but what with Leslie's windows being closed airtight and the pounding coming from her chest, she couldn't make out what. Suddenly, the man went into the front of the car and opened the hood. Reaching into the bag, he pulled out something that looked like pliers and to my friend's alarm began tooling around. Now, I I should point out that this all occurred before the proliferation of cell phones or else Leslie, a high-powered attorney, might have had the entire downtown force of the LAPD rushing to her rescue. But next next thing you know, the wild-haired man had taken out Leslie's battery. He again knocked on the window. Leslie thought he was going to, what, uh, attack her, beat her with it? Something awful at any rate. But the man looked quite serious and, truth be told, according to her, rather earnest. Leslie relented and rolled down the window a crack. That's when she heard the words that astounded her. It's your battery, see? I used to be a mechanic in the army. Got down on my luck, but I I still know my way around a car. Luckily, I happen to have a replacement right over here in the bag. Still's got some life in her. 
And with that, he reached into his bag and to my friend's utter astonishment, pulled out a used battery. In a few moments, he had installed it in the car. Chagrin, her stereotype shot to hell. Leslie got out of the car as the stranger flagged down a passerby to help jumpstart the engine. In this gift of goodness, Leslie saw the soul of a fellow human being willing to put himself out for a stranger in need. Was she willing to do the same? Leslie was so moved, she eventually became involved in a skid row effort known as the Chrysalis Center, helping people down on their luck to get a hand up. By going off the regular route of her life, Leslie had encountered a miracle of human giving that awakened meaning in her life. She became involved in the lives of others. She could see them differently, more completely. Even as my journey into the highlands of Scotland gave me a fuller picture of its majesty. You know, it seems to me it takes the same existential journey, willingness to go beyond what we've grown accustomed to in order to truly know others. And perhaps more, most important to uncover and to receive the hidden beauty in ourselves. Maybe this whole period of time during the pandemic has allowed us or is allowing us, if we open ourselves to that opportunity, the chance to go beyond, to get to know someone, even ourselves, that much more, to uncover hidden beauty. Sometimes, it seems to me, it might just take getting off the road of life to truly see where we're going. Each of us has highlands in our lives. And if we're willing to go a wee ways beyond, there's no telling the wonders we'll receive, giving life the chance to make a second impression. What will you choose to have a second impression of in the coming week? I hope it's someone or something that brings you joy that elevates your spirit, that deepens your sense of purpose. Until next week, I'm Jan Goldstein, and this is All That Matters.